Due to the dark nature of the object discussed within this episode, listener discretion is advised, especially for those under 13. Ghost cars have been known to appear out of nowhere, so keep your eyes on the road and buckle up. You've been warned. Imagine you're driving down a dark, foggy road at night. You really haven't slept much recently, so you should probably pull over to rest. But against your better judgment, you keep driving. As the heat in your car washes over you, your head begins to droop. Your eyes start to close. Then, just as you begin to drift off to sleep... A horn blares. You look up and a pair of headlights blind your eyes. You're veering into oncoming traffic. Before you can react, the car coming at you swerves to avoid a collision. In your rearview mirror, you watch it careen off the road and into dense foliage. After a moment of shock, you park. You're shaking with guilt as you walk along the side of the road, looking for the other driver. But you don't see any tire tracks. Eventually, something catches your eye. The glint of a back bumper. But something's not right. When you force your way through the brush, you see a car with a shattered windshield. But it's been overgrown by nature. It looks as though it's been there for months. You call out, hoping the driver will answer. But there's no one in the car. When you look around, you spot something that looks human nearby. It's the driver. Not only are they dead, they're decaying. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm your host, Molly. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our second episode in a special four-part series on cursed objects. Today, we're covering the mystery of the Surrey Ghost Car. In December 2002, police responded to a call about a vehicle that swerved off a highway in Surrey, England. When authorities arrived at the scene, they discovered a rusted car and a body that had undergone months of decomposition. Today, we'll discuss several theories of what really happened in Surrey. We'll look at tales of haunted highways, reports of slipping through time, and whether there's a rational way to explain the 2002 ghost car sighting. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. On July 16, 2002, 21-year-old Christopher Chandler was enjoying some after-work drinks with a friend at a pub in West London. Their conversation mostly revolved around girls and their favorite soccer teams. Nothing out of the ordinary happened. But after Chandler left drinks that night, he went missing. Five months later, at 7.20 p.m. on December 11, 2002, the Surrey Police Department in southeast England received an anonymous phone call. 
The caller had just witnessed a car lose control, swerve off the road, and crash near the small town of Burfham. Police arrived at the scene within an hour, but the witness had already left. Oddly, they found no evidence of skid marks or tire tracks nearby. No broken glass. Nothing. Police returned to the scene the following morning, thinking that daylight might reveal evidence of a crash. And they were right. Twenty yards from the roadway, lying under fallen trees and foliage, officials found a maroon Vauxhall Astra four-door sedan with its front end nosedived into a ditch. The exterior of the car was covered in rust. The lights were out and the battery was dead. The driver's side looked crushed, as if it had barreled into a tree. But the passenger side was unscathed, and the door was wide open. At first, police suspected the driver had left the scene and hadn't returned. But they changed their minds when, steps away from the car, they discovered the decomposing body of a man lying in the grass. Apparently, the driver had tried to crawl back to the highway, possibly to signal for help. But they hadn't died the night before. The flesh had already peeled from the bones, exposing the skeleton. It had likely been months. Police traced the car's registration. It belonged to Christopher Chandler, and so did the ID in the corpse's pocket. For five months, lush vegetation hid Chandler's car and body just 20 yards from the busy road. Thousands of motorists had driven past his rotting corpse without ever realizing it. According to the Telegraph, pathologist Dr. Ashley Fagan Earle suspected that Chandler died from blunt force trauma to the right side of his body. But due to decomposition, there was no way to know for sure. Meanwhile, one question plagued the minds of the Surrey police. How did the December call connect to an accident experts estimated to have happened around July? The Daily Mail had a theory of their own. The vehicle that the anonymous witness spotted was the ghost of Chandler's car, cursed to replay Chandler's crash again and again. They called it the Surrey Ghost Car. This theory caught on like wildfire. The Surrey Police Department began receiving a flurry of phone calls from curious journalists and investigators wanting to know more about the supernatural crash. As it turned out, the Surrey ghost car wasn't the first of its kind reported in the UK. Spectral automobiles had plagued the country for centuries. In the early 1980s, a man was reportedly driving through a dense fog in Wrighton, England, about 100 miles north of Surrey. As he strained to see the road, a pair of headlights suddenly appeared up ahead. The approaching vehicle was headed straight for him. The man swerved to avoid a collision and crashed into an embankment. Luckily, he experienced no bodily harm. But when he turned to look back at the road, the truck had vanished into thin air. Throughout the years, several other motorists passing through Wrighton supposedly reported a similar spectral truck swerving down the same stretch of highway. But none of them caught a glimpse of the driver's face. And every time, the truck disappeared without a trace. Another story came from North Kensington, England, about a 45-minute drive from Surrey. 
In June 1934, a young man reportedly swerved off a winding road. He ultimately crashed into a lamppost and died on impact. It appeared that he had tried to avoid something on the road, but the police had no idea what it might have been. When authorities investigated further, they learned that a number of locals had unusual experiences in the same stretch of road. Each said that as they drove around a large, dangerous bend in the road, a double-decker bus appeared out of nowhere, headed straight towards them. They claimed that all the lights in the bus had been on, but it looked like nobody was inside. No passengers and no driver. And allegedly, when they swerved to avoid the bus, it disappeared entirely. In any case, following the accident in 1934, North Kensington officials decided to straighten the curve where the man crashed and where witnesses reported seeing the ghost of a double-decker bus. After this, the sightings ended, at least in North Kensington. Surprisingly, these phantom vehicles weren't unique to the United Kingdom. In October 2017, several media outlets, including the Daily Mail and the New York Post, showed a video filmed in Singapore. It contained what they claimed was a ghost car. A nearby dash cam captured the footage in broad daylight. It shows a white BMW making a right into an intersection. Then... Out of nowhere, a white car appears directly in the vehicle's path, causing a massive collision. Millions scrutinized the video, suggesting that it may be a distortion in the footage. Surely a car couldn't appear out of nowhere. But others have sworn it's proof that ghost cars do exist, and they might be the result of time travel. Coming up, we examine whether the Surrey ghost car could have been tied to an anomalous slip in time. Harcasters, you know the world can be chaotic and unpredictable, but how far would you go to turn the tides of favor in your direction? In the newest Spotify original from Parcast, we're taking a closer look at bad omens, good luck charms, and age-old traditions that just might have the power to change our fates. Each episode of Superstitions presents a new drama that unpacks a different belief. Can holding your breath while passing a cemetery save your life? Will carrying a rabbit's foot bring you luck? How can you go through life always avoiding the number 13, and why should you try? They may seem mystical, unusual, completely illogical, but one thing is certain. You ignore them at your own risk. You can find and follow Superstitions free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. To hear more podcast shows, search Podcast Network in Spotify's search bar and find a growing slate of thrilling new series to enjoy. Now, back to the story. In July 2002, 21-year-old Christopher Chandler crashed his Vauxhall Astra off the A3 highway an hour outside of London. No one had any clue until December of that year when an anonymous caller reported seeing his vehicle swerve off the road at that same location. 
That tip led police to discover Chandler's rusting car and decomposing body. The bizarre coincidence of the phone call and the discovery of Chandler's body led to speculation that the caller had actually witnessed Chandler's ghost. And paranormal researcher and a professor of folklore at Duquesne University, Thomas White, agreed. White believed that the location and circumstances of Chandler's accident may have played a role in the paranormal sighting that followed. This is thanks to a theory he called liminal space. And bear with us, because it's a little out there. Liminality refers to a threshold, a point of being stuck between two spaces. And those spaces can be physical or psychological. In Christopher Chandler's case, White thinks he was stuck in both aspects of liminal space when he died. When Chandler crashed, he was on a strip of road that acted as a transitional location between destinations. This stretch of the A3 highway was like a purgatory between two cities. The land was mundane, a place to pass through, and there was nothing there that would make it a destination itself. Chandler was also in the liminal space between life and death as he struggled to crawl up the embankment to the roadway. According to White, dying while in this psychological gray area would make Chandler more prone to a paranormal imprint. Strange as it sounds, this theory ties back to the traditional idea behind how ghosts exist in the first place. Paranormal investigators believe that if a person dies while stuck between two planes of existence, they're able to haunt our world. Peter Underwood, one of Britain's most famous ghost hunters, had his own taxonomy for supernatural sightings. In his book, The Ghost Hunter's Guide, Underwood listed all nine criteria, and the Surrey ghost car fell into a few of them. According to Underwood, most apparitions fall under the historical or traditional category. These ghosts take on a spectral form, gliding through a space they formerly occupied. This includes ghosts that haunt old houses or deceased soldiers who still roam former battlefields. But this didn't quite explain Christopher Chandler's ghostly sighting. Instead, he fit into the modern category. In Underwood's words, not all ghosts are these misty gray ladies or shadowy monks of long ago. Some resemble contemporary people and objects, including current models of cars. In Chandler's case, a maroon Vauxhall Astra four-door sedan. Chandler's apparition also falls into a category Underwood called the atmospheric photograph. He says that an emotionally charged event, such as a terrifying automobile accident, can release an electrical impression on the surrounding environment. These locations store that energy like a giant battery, saving up sights and sounds from the traumatic event. At a later date, they might be released back into the atmosphere, creating that spectral projection. This release can happen over and over, like an old film reel. Even the world's most respected paranormal investigators aren't sure how this process works or what causes the activity to decrease over time. But they do have a few theories. 
Some suggest that an atmospheric photograph may be sparked by weather conditions, like a change in barometric pressure. Others claim that they happen more frequently in the winter, when there's more static electricity in the air. This could explain why Chandler's spectral sighting happened in December. A few researchers believe that a full moon and ocean tides can ignite a ghostly projection as well. Underwood wasn't the only paranormal investigator to support the idea of an atmospheric photograph. In 2013, Brad Steiger, the author of Real Ghosts, Restless Spirits and Haunted Places, spoke to the Huffington Post. He said, In environments where human drama has taken place, a murder, death, someone dying in pain, suffering, those last moments of emotional energy are somehow impressed in the environment. The final moments of Christopher Chandler's life were certainly emotionally charged. If Underwood's theory is true, it seems plausible that the crash did leave an atmospheric footprint. Or the so-called Surrey ghost car wasn't a ghost at all. Some theorists have suggested that the sudden appearance of Chandler's car that December might have been caused by a wrinkle in space-time. It may sound far-fetched, but the 2002 Surrey crash wouldn't be the first account of momentary, inexplicable time travel. Perhaps the most famous happened at the turn of the 20th century. In the summer of 1901, Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain went on a tour of the Palace of Versailles in France. The two teachers were interested in its history, and the palace was originally built by King Louis XIV, whose elaborate display of wealth stoked the flames of the French Revolution. Moberly and Jourdain were enjoying their leisurely stroll around the 2,000-acre grounds. But the deeper they went into the gardens, the more the women began to feel a sneaking sense of gloom. In a dark corner of the woods, the women bumped into a man with terrible scars covering his face. He didn't look particularly friendly, and neither did another man, who seemingly appeared out of nowhere next to them. The two women hurried past them and across a small footbridge towards the Petite Trianon, the chateau Louis XIV built for his wife, Marie Antoinette. As they approached the chateau, Moberly and Jourdain noticed a particularly regal-looking blonde woman wearing a simple 18th-century gown. She was sketching on an easel. Just as Moberly and Jourdain craned their necks to get a glimpse of her face, an official-looking man stopped them in their tracks. He told them they were headed in the wrong direction and directed them towards a door in the chateau. The two women followed his instructions, and when they stepped inside the Petite Trianon, their sense of gloom just disappeared. In a split second, they were surrounded by modern tourists. Everything around them had returned to normal. When the two women wanted to leave the palace, they searched for the mysterious footbridge again, but they couldn't find it. They asked a tour guide for directions, but were shocked to learn that the bridge had been removed sometime around 1790. The only explanation that made sense to Moberly and Jourdain was that they had traveled through time. About a decade later, in 1911, they published a book about their experience called An Adventure. 
They wrote that the regal-looking woman they'd seen drawing that day was likely Marie Antoinette herself. 34 years after Moberly and Jourdain's experience at the Palace of Versailles, a British Royal Air Force pilot named Victor Goddard claimed that he, too, had somehow time-traveled. But he didn't slip backwards in time. He accidentally flew his plane into the future. In 1935, Goddard was flying from Andover, England to Edinburgh, Scotland. Along the way, he passed over an old Air Force base called DREM that hadn't been used since the First World War. It looked exactly as he expected it might. Vines covered crumbling buildings. Herds of cattle grazed in the old airstrips. He didn't think much of it until... Days later, on his return flight, a terrible storm interrupted Goddard. The sky turned an ominous shade of brown-yellow, and the heavens' floodgates opened up. But Goddard didn't have a cover for his cockpit. The cold rain felt like knives against his skin and made it impossible for him to see. He yanked on his controls, steering the plane higher and higher. He needed to find a break in the clouds fast. When Goddard finally reached the eye of the storm, he sighed with relief. He looked down to see how far off track the storm had taken him. But he was, once again, above the old Air Force base, DREM. Only this time, it didn't look decrepit or falling apart. It looked brand new. Shiny new hangars gleamed in the sunlight. Mechanics in blue overalls scurried about. Planes sat ready on the tarmac. Goddard found this odd. Royal Air Force mechanics wore brown overalls, not blue. Then, he noticed a monoplane, painted a bright yellow. But the Air Force didn't own any monoplanes, and they didn't paint their fleets yellow. He wanted to investigate further, but he couldn't. Not with the storm still barreling through the skies. When Goddard returned home, he shared his experience with his fellow officers. At first, no one could make sense of what he'd seen. Then, in 1939, the Royal Air Force reopened the old Drem airfield Goddard had flown over four years earlier. When Goddard visited the new facilities, he couldn't believe his eyes. The Royal Air Force had built a monoplane and painted it bright yellow. The mechanics wore blue uniforms. Goddard became convinced that he had traveled to the future. And in 1975, he penned his experience in his book, Flight Towards Reality. Taken at face value, it seems possible that a similar lapse in time sent Christopher Chandler's car momentarily five months into the future. But while the atmospheric photograph and time slip theories both attempt to explain the unexplainable, both theories are mysteries themselves. No one knows how either phenomena actually work. Or if they're real. The only proof we have is taken from reports that are impossible for us to corroborate. So while it's fun to think about, it's difficult to draw any real conclusions. But there's one final hypothesis we haven't investigated yet. The Surrey ghost car may be tied to something spookier than a supernatural phenomenon. It may be linked 
to how humans process the empty darkness of our inevitable deaths. Coming up, we re-examine the details of the 2002 crash. Now, back to the story. In December 2002, an anonymous call to an emergency center reported seeing a car crash near Burfham, England. The tip led the police to the site of an accident and the body of 21-year-old Christopher Chandler. But the crash that killed Chandler occurred five months earlier. Some theorists have suggested the accident that the anonymous caller allegedly witnessed was actually a ghost car cursed to replay the accident until Chandler's body was found. Others claim his car might have momentarily time-traveled. But an examination of the crash could provide another answer. Now, the details of the July accident add up. Chandler had a few too many drinks, drove home, and lost control of the wheel. But they don't explain the report made in December, It described a crash strikingly similar to Chandler's and pointed the police to almost the exact location of his accident. The A3 highway in Surrey is a major thoroughfare. It's generally straight and reportedly safe. It's not exactly a hotbed for accidents. That said, Chandler's car was found only about 100 yards from an off-ramp. Maybe the caller didn't see an accident. Maybe. They only saw a driver almost miss the exit and swerve at the last minute. In which case, there was never an accident that December. And the fact that the police found Chandler's car nearby was sheer coincidence. The day after the crash, a spokesperson for the Surrey Police Department offered another possibility. The spokesperson told reporters... The car had obviously been there for a long time, and thousands of motorists will have passed the spot every day. Although the car was not clearly visible, it is possible people may have seen it and just not thought to report it. In other words, maybe the caller did catch a glimpse of Chandler's Vauxhall Astra nearly hidden in the bushes as they drove by. The caller might have assumed the accident happened recently. But it seems unlikely that the first sighting of Chandler's vehicle could have happened after the sun had set, at the time the call was placed. The car was found 60 feet away from the road, covered in thick underbrush. In order to spot the car, you'd have to be looking for it, or have known where it was the whole time. Perhaps the anonymous caller actually witnessed Chandler's car crash back in July. Maybe they even caused the accident or felt somehow responsible and never reported it at the time. And five months later, they had a sudden change of heart. Hopefully, that's not the case. As we've mentioned, judging from the location and positioning of Chandler's body, he was alive after the crash and crawling for help. If someone knew about the crash at the time, maybe he would have survived. Unfortunately, The identity of the person who made the report remains unknown, so we'll likely never know the truth. But in the end, the most likely scenario seems to be the least salacious. The December report and Chandler's crash in July were completely unrelated. 
it may have been nothing more than a coincidence. As we said, thousands of motorists drive the A3 highway. The caller might have called reporting a minor accident, or even a non-accident. For example, they saw a car veer off the road, but they didn't wait around long enough to see them drive off a few minutes later unscathed. When police found a five-month-old accident at the site of a newly reported crash, the press went wild trying to create a connection. In his book, The Believing Brain, Michael Shermer provided an explanation for why the story of the Surrey ghost car caught on. He argued that humans have evolved to identify patterns, even if those patterns don't exist. If two similar incidents happened in the same place five months apart, our brains naturally want to connect them, even if the truth is they're unrelated. And the reason humans draw extreme conclusions from eerie coincidences might be evolutionary. In a column for Scientific American, Shermer wrote, If you believe that the rustle in the grass is a dangerous predator when it is just the wind, you are more likely to survive than if you believe that the rustle in the grass is just the wind when it is a dangerous predator. This could also explain the human tendency to avoid haunted places or cursed objects, even for people who don't believe in such things. Your brain wants you to avoid anything associated with death. Even if you don't believe in ghosts, your heart rate will likely increase if you were to walk through a graveyard at night that's said to be haunted. And even if the December call wasn't connected to the wreck that police found, that doesn't make Christopher Chandler's death any less tragic or haunting. Ghost tales can do more than just scare us. They can be a coping mechanism to help process death. Christopher French, a psychology professor and researcher, told The Atlantic, The vast majority of us don't like the idea of our own mortality. Even though we find the idea of ghosts and spirits scary, in a wider context, they provide evidence for the survival of the soul. The Surrey ghost car might not be tied to supernatural phenomena, but it can still be classified as a type of horror story. According to author Stephen King, some of his most chilling stories had nothing to do with the supernatural. They were about facing death head-on. King's 1982 novella, titled The Body, told the story of a group of boys who went searching for the dead corpse of a missing 12-year-old. Unlike a lot of his stories, this tale didn't include spine-chilling ghosts, possessed clowns, or haunted houses. Instead, the horror came when the kids found the missing child and had to face the hard realization of death. King wrote, The kid was dead. The kid wasn't sick. The kid wasn't sleeping. The kid wasn't going to get up in the morning anymore, or get the runs from eating one too many apples, or catch poison ivy, or wear out the eraser on the end of his Ticonderoga number two during a hard math test. The kid was dead. Stone dead. Perhaps it's this mentality that makes 21-year-old Christopher Chandler's death so terrifying. The fact that he laid by the side of the road decomposing for months without anyone's knowledge. We turn tales like Christopher Chandler's into ghost stories to comfort ourselves. 
We want to believe that death is not the end, that we leave some small echo of ourselves on Earth after we're gone. And for all we know, we do. And death is just the beginning. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We'll be back on Tuesday with an all-new episode. For more information on the Surrey Ghost Car, among the many sources we used, we found the Telegraph UK article, Skeleton Found Five Months After Crash, extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Amy Carver, with writing assistance by Allie Wicker, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rosner. Hang a horseshoe above your door, keep a rabbit's foot in your pocket, and follow Superstitions free on Spotify. Listen every Wednesday for the surprising backstories to our most curious beliefs and thrilling tales that illuminate the mystical eeriness of our favorite superstitions. 